0: Glad you guys are here. Uh, I just want to remind everybody here at Fishers of Men, you know, we're we're here to, to help people grow, love, and serve like Jesus. Growing, loving, serving like Jesus. That's why we're here. That's why this church exists. To bring that message to the world. Today we are continuing our series on Made for More today it's part 2 on what it means to be a masterpiece last week we talked about a need for the church to change its mindset from a go and see or come and see to a go and make culture we were reminded last week that we live in a culture that's pre-churched That most people we meet have never darkened the door of a church. And so we need to refresh our mindset and shift from a come and see to a go and make kind of culture within our church. I want to remind everyone of our mission that we are focusing on this this, uh, definition of what is the mission. The mission of the church, Fishers of Men included, it's an invitation to join Him in His mission to redeem and restore all things through Jesus. The mission of the church, the mission for each one of us here as part of the church, disciples of Christ, that Jesus, yet again, in His mercy, <laughs> is inviting us to join Him in His mission, not ours. The mission is His. And that mission is to redeem, to buy back, to purchase the sinner and restore them, to give them life. To give life to all things no matter nation or creed, and only, and I repeat, only through Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Everything revolves around Him. This church exists for Him, for His mission to redeem and restore the world. Now, I I introduced three words last week, and they're going to kind of be the guide through our message series, which we'll complete next week. But these three words I want to remind us of this morning, made, mindset, move. (laughs) Say it with me. Made, mindset, move. One more time. Made, mindset, move. We're using this as the framework for our message with the Made for More message series, I want to share a. oh um, well, let me let me let me. Oh, here's here's the here's the quote. I'm going to read it in just a minute. But as I read it, I want you to be thinking about which edifice, which building, do you think this is describing? And if you think you know, I want you to raise your hand, but don't blurt it out yet. If you think you know what this quote is uh, is illustrating, raise your hand. It says. Not a piece of architecture as those other buildings are, but a proud passion of an emperor's love in living stone. Sir Edward Arnold. Again, not a piece of architecture as other buildings are, but a proud passion of an emperor's love in living stone. Raise your hand if you think you know what building this, uh, this person is referencing. Any takers? The Taj Mahal! You got it! Hey, Joy, we need to get him a gift card after this. The Taj Mahal white ivory building. 22,000 people it took to make this building. 22 years to construct it. The emperor who who constructed this building did it out of grief when he lost his wife to childbirth, and he constructed this building in her honor. I've never been there, but I plan to go there. It's on my bucket list. Has anybody been there, Taj Mahal? I figured you guys had. Yeah. Yeah, Yes, it's on my bucket list because it's a beautiful building, beautiful edifice quote from St. Augustine, men go abroad to wonder at the heights of mountains, at the huge waves of the sea, at the long courses of the rivers, at the stars, and they pass themselves without wonder. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm here to announce to you and remind you that you are wonderfully made. That you in the eyes of God are more beautiful than the Taj Mahal. When God looks at you, He sees something special. Something beautiful. Something awesome. I was thinking about that and as the early congregation was leaving, and I hope to do it today again, as they were leaving, you know the one thing that doesn't seem to age is our eyes. And I looked into the eyes of every person that left, no matter what age, how young or old, you can see the soul through the beautiful eyes of His people. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you are a masterpiece. It's only made possible that you and I can be seen as a masterpiece through the eyes of God because of Jesus. Jesus made it possible. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 it says, "As for you, including me, Lonnie, you were dead not alive, dead in your transgressions and sins. And what's a transgression? It's an intentional or unintentional foul. An intentional or unintentional error. We are dead in our transgressions. Anybody watching the NBA Finals? It's okay if you're not. There's one person watching it. Thank you. You know, I always love to watch when these these men that get paid millions of dollars to play basketball act like infants when they get fouled or when they get accused of a foul, intentional or unintentional. (laughs) And they look at the ref like, what? Doesn't matter what he thinks. Well, unless they go to the review tape. I hate the review tape thing. Bottom line is the umpire, the ref, makes the call. And if we look at Scripture and we look at each other and we're honest with each other, each one of us is a transgressor. We also are sinful. (laughs) I hate to tell you this morning, but we're sinful. I was thinking about this word sin and the word foul or offensive. And I was thinking about, you know, one, one day my wife and I, we were busy, in the, or the night before we, we cooked fish or chicken, I don't remember, I think it was fish. And we were in such a hurry the next day that we forgot to take the trash out. And we got home about 5.30 in the afternoon after a hot day in Texas. And guess what? The house was foul. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, without Jesus before God. were're foul. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse three, it says, "Like the rest, we were by nature deserving wrath, left to our own demise, in the flesh, deserving wrath. And what is wrath? Wrath is a desire, violent passion to implement punishment for sin. Parents, I know you have experienced this. You tell your kids to go clean up their room, and you've passed by for the third time, and nothing has moved. It's still dirty. And there's a desire or violent passion within you to implement punishment. Punishment. I'm going to get the belt. That's how my dad used to say it. We're not supposed to say that anymore these days. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We were by nature deserving wrath. But, but, Ephesians chapter 2, 4. Thank God for the but. Because of His great love for us. And this is an abounding love and a mercy for His people, a compassionate act, overflowing, abounding. You cannot contain God's love for us. No matter how far we think we are from His arms, they never outstretch His arms. Because His love for us in Christ is what great. <laughs> great. Sometimes we pass over the adjectives. <laughs> they give great meaning to the word love. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5 says, "It is by grace you have been saved." Grace this divine influenced love it's, it's it's not a love that we humanly can truly understand it's a it's a love that is has divine roots in the father that we saw in the eyes of his son it's concrete it cannot be moved the taj mahal cannot be moved god's grace cannot be moved. No matter how far you think you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you haven't done, no matter how you feel today, no matter how you feel tomorrow, can never change the concrete truth of God's grace. It's by His grace That we've been rescued. Ephesians chapter 2 8 says, And it's a gift of God, not something you can earn. It is something that we just receive from God this grace, this mercy. And when we think of ourselves as a masterpiece, we think of ourselves as accepted, as favored. You're my favorite. Every kid wants to hear that, right? You're my favorite. You're free. You bring God pleasure. You're the benefactor of everything that Jesus did for you on the cross. It's a gift so that none of us can boast. But all we can do is come here today and worship and say, thank you, Jesus, for this gift that you've made me a masterpiece. In Ephesians two ten, it says, for we are God's handiwork. Each one of you is unique. We have a general calling Each Christian is called to go and make disciples, but we have a unique calling. You have special gifts and something to offer the church and those who have not darkened the door of the church. You are a masterpiece. You are handcrafted. Brothers and sisters in Christ, We need to change our mindset. We're saved for something. The shift that we need to make in the church is we are saved, not just saved from something, but we're saved for something. Each and every one of us have a unique calling and a unique giftedness that God wants to use for His glory. To enlarge His kingdom. And I was reminded of that. This is my... You guys notice I had this coffee mug up here? You thought it was a mistake, didn't you? No, this is my coffee cup. This is where I put my coffee every day. Every day I have two cups of coffee that go in this cup. This cup was wonderfully made just for me and my use. Every day. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you're God's coffee cup. You get me up in the morning. You get God up in the morning. He thinks you're special. He thinks you're good for something. Amen? Look to your neighbor and say, hey, you're good for something. That's right. That's right. We just got to believe it. In Ephesians chapter ten, verse two, verse ten, it says, "For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared and advance for us to do. We are His handiwork to do good, brothers and sisters in Christ. God is calling us to move today. Not only are we to see ourselves as a masterpiece." Not only are we to change our mindset that we're not just saved from something, but for something, but we're called to move. Get up and move. Not yet, not yet. I'm not done yet. I love Mother Teresa. This is my my most favorite quote from Mother Teresa. Not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. Jesus is the example. Jesus says in John chapter 13, 15, I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. (sighs) Brothers and sisters in Christ, our Lord Jesus, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, the Master, the Prince of Peace, the Son of God, took off his outer garments and took a towel and he washed the filthy feet of his disciples and didn't leave anybody off the hook, including Peter. Why? To set an example for you and for me. Who might God might be calling us this week to wash their feet as Jesus washed the feet of the disciples? My prayer for you this week, my prayer that you would ask yourself this week is, who might God be asking me or you to do an act of kindness for this week? A problem that needs to be solved that you have the answer to. And let me warn you, when the Holy Spirit prompts you that maybe there's an opportunity for you to do an act of kindness for someone, let me warn you, it will not be convenient. You'll have to stop something to start something. It'll be out of your way. It'll take your time. And by the way, if it's inconvenient for you, it's probably the Spirit. <laughs> what problem can you help solve this week? What act of kindness may be God be calling to you to this week? May God bless you to that end. May He remind you this morning that you are wonderfully handcrafted, made for a purpose. Not just saved from something, but saved for something made to move, to do good. In Jesus' name, amen? God loves you. I love you. Thanks for putting up with me. Man, I just have so much fun up here with Fishers of you. Praise the Lord.